Holy crap, it's a podcast. Ah, boy. Ooh. Yep, here he we are. Just turn on a TikTok. Yep. You know? I'm turning it down. <laughs> I was literally just turning it down. Did it's you just start it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, well, well I'm featured apparently. Shit. Yeah. I didn't need to do that. Hey, oh, no swearing. My mom sometimes listens to this You can't say shit on this podcast. God damn it. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> there you have it. Oh, no. That might have been. That might have been. That might. I don't know if that was a FIFA fuck out. No, I think that, that was that was that, that was Cam that, hearing us doing okay, it. Okay, that was being chipping in. Ah, uh, got it. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, welcome back to Hit the Hay. It's been a hot minute. It's been it about has. a year long hiatus, except it's not quite been a year. And it's, I'd like to apologize to both our viewers for this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we you know, I've, I've I've got a little bit more than two, assuming. That the people that I regularly do streams with actually also watch my content. Mm, you can hope. I can. We can hope that they listen to every single episode of Hit the Hay multiple times every day. Yeah. I mean, it's okay. They do Twitch stuff with me, not yeah. YouTube. Oh, stuff. so, so I... I also can't find the words. Oh. Uh, mm. That was from our special guest star, Michael J. <laughs> yeah, Dad sitting in the corner trying to figure out how his phone works. Classic boomer stuff. Mm, true. <laughs> and so if you hear any other odd sounds, please attribute them to special guest star Michael J. He's sitting in the corner shaking his head and pointing at his phone. <laughs> Honestly, to, to be fair though, sometimes I also can't find the words is yeah. titled my auto autobiography. I sometimes sit in the corner and shake my head and point at my phone when there's nobody else in the room. Yeah. And then yawn. Yeah. Yeah. So... I've got a couple of segments planned. Oh, great. Of course. Oh, good. Uh, uh, the first one is, I'm sure you're all aware of my <laughs> continuing descent into super villainy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've all been aware. Yeah, so... You're I, doing great, by the way. I, uh, thank you. Um, and I want to uh, run some super villain names by you. Okay. Wait. As in, like, you've just compiled a list of names that yeah. you want. You to... have a list of band names. Not anymore. I no, I did. Um, my phone just went out. Great, Sam. That's... There's that segment. <laughs> uh, you can plug it in over here. Pass it to me. Yeah, sure. We'll plug it in and we'll... Well, uh, stay tuned we'll... for that segment. That was, that's what we call a setup. That's what we call yeah. uh, you got to pay that switch. off later. Um, yeah. So I'll do my other segment. Uh, Sam... Gives a rant that's way too long about cryptozoology. Please do. Please okay, so here's Backed my... Backed by popular demand. Yeah, so here's my question for you. If a... Monotreme, a pinniped, and an ambula ambulatory cetacean were all suddenly discovered in the Australian billabongs, oh, no. and they all made frightening sounds during the night, which one would be a bunyip? Sam... Isn't right. Billabong, like, a clothing brand? <laughs> it is, but it's also but it's an Australian that, wetland. No, I, 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 yeah. know, I know. I was, I was making a joke, Samuel. I don't know. I don't know. Um, so a pinniped is, like, a seal. Yeah. Monotreme is, like, a platypus. Or an echidna, yeah. Yeah. And a cetacean is, like, a whale or a dolphin. And, and an ambulatory cetacean is one with legs. So a bunyip. Yes. I think that is an aquatic cryptid. Semi-aquatic, associated with billabong. So if it's mm. an ambulatory cetacean... Ambulatory cetaceans 
you like you, things like am, ambulocetus were uh, semi-aquatic. All right. <laughs> um, I would assume it would be that one. Okay, mm. that's my final answer. Okay. What do you think, Connor? I don't know in like bunya. Yeah. Yeah, bunya. I'm is getting. Like, I remember it. it's an aquatic Australian. A semi-aquatic Australian cryptid thing. Well, then that then I'm that makes me think platypus, which would be a monotreme. There you go. Now the point is there is no correct answer. God damn it! I knew it. I I don't know why you were expecting there would be Some, one. I don't think I did. That the the bunyip as a creature is so vague by nature, simply being a creature that lives in billabongs and makes strange noises. That even if we did find something that was you know met that description, could we definitely definitively say it was a bunyip? Yes. Because prior to its appropriation by cryptozoology, bunyip simply was the term for spooky thing in the water uh, by the uh, people in that area. Right. So it's a, so if it's a spooky thing and it's in the water, it by definition is a bunyip. Yeah. And that's why you know things like uh, mutated calf skulls and um, like sea lions and stuff that have wandered their way to Australia and been seen in there have been referred to as bunyips. Sure. Because they're weird things that one wouldn't expect in that billabong. Yeah. Making spooky noises. Yeah. Right. Uh, here's another one for you. <laughs> oh, good. Is, um... So you got a lot of Megalodon truthers out there. Of course. We all know one. Well, yeah. Everyone knows a Megalodon truther. I think special guest star Michael J is one. Uh... <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, but here's the thing. The only thing we know about Megalodon is its jaw. That's as much as a, of a fossil we have, because it's, as a shark, the rest of it's cartilage. Sure. Uh, yeah. So, even if we found a shark with, that ex with a jaw that almost exactly resembled the fossil of the fossil Megalodon jaws... Could we say that the rest of the shark was the same? Because we people just sort of assume okay. that a megalodon looks like a big old great white shark. So that's so we're talking like extrapolation. Exactly, you know. Uh, I think that megalodons were actually like just the mouth. Yeah, just they like they were a, like all mouth spherical. and not even spherical. But, like, but the rest of them is about the size yeah. of a rabbit. Yeah, yeah, it's like this little tiny tail with this massive jaw. Yeah. yeah. That was what the megalodon's probably Exactly. That's my megalodon free thing. And Why you know, there are more likely answers than others, but we still really don't know what it looked like. So even if we found a shark, are, are there two existing shark species who's, who look totally different, but jaw, their jaws could be mistaken for one another? I probably. Bet, I don't know. I'm not a marine <laughs> biologist. I bet the megalodon was a pufferfish with a shark mouth. Yeah. Anyway, um, oh well, and here's the other thing, is I that bet the megalodon was an octopus with a shark mouth. There you go. Um, is that the megalodon was a surface browsing coastal predator? Now, um, the thing about things that are on the surface and in shallow water is mm -hmm. that they're pretty easy to see. Sure. Comparatively. Mm -hmm. Right. But then the people say, oh, well, Megalodon adapted and moved into the deep ocean. Huh, how about that? Well, then I'd say, then it has gone 
through enough adaptations that it's probably another, you wouldn't consider it a megalodon anymore, it's another species. It's sure. evolved to fill a different niche right. in its environment. Okay. I, I lost the train of thought. I think, I think maybe at one point I had it. Yeah. Well, you've been doing your best, Connor. I really have. But yes, just just continue on, Sam, and we'll see yeah. if we understand. But my point is, you know, at some point later on, yeah. is that so many things in cryptozoology don't have like, even if they met their defined goal, they wouldn't really. Yeah. You know, is my point? Because that's not the point of it. What is the point? I'm curious. What the, is the point? The point of cryptozoology, and I'm is, excited to hear it, is hey. There's there's some some creatures out there. There sure are. Some some little varmints. Yep. And they sure are odd, aren't they? They sure are. That's Who's, the point. That's, that's it. it. That's End of it. sentence. We we we've solved cryptozoology. Everyone. That's it. Yeah. As long as there continue being little guys out in the world or big guys that yeah. nobody is certain that, whether or not they exist. Yeah. And, and big guys who would presumably be very easy to see, like droppings, corpses, live in social groups, etc. Exactly. <laughs> Things that are likely not existing, but could possibly exist. I'm like, what if? And the thing is, is that, like, you know, once you do classify it as a thing that exists, and, like, you find it, it's just not a cryptid anymore. It's no, not no, like a platypus is a former cryptid. Yeah. yeah. As is an Okapi. There have been animals that have been controversial in science as to their existence. Sure. But they, they did find them. Right. Know. Yeah. Anyway. Emmett, provide us with something. Um, Contribute. Okay, so if, I guess if that whole conversation is done, I guess we have a bit of a uh, uh, interesting. So uh, this morning the cat got out, and we have no idea how. We've been trying to solve this mystery all day. So maybe it's it's a good use of our time to create to propose our own theories as, as to how, how on earth. So. Our house, we keep our doors closed. We keep our windows like, like open just slightly enough that is too small for the cat to. Get oh yeah, out. between between this recording and the last recording of Hit the Hay, uh, Emma and I moved into the same house, and we now live in Vancouver. Yeah, with the cat in the house. Yeah, and uh, we we know that this house was sealed enough that that cat could not have gotten out through any of the windows, and all the doors were closed. And uh, I went to bed at three a.m. And the cat somehow showed up outside of the window of Cam yeah. at 5 a.m. Yes. And I woke up at 6.30 a.m. And And you slept door... through the night up until that point. Yes. Okay? And the door was closed when I went into the kitchen. So there was no possibility that any of the doors were open. There's a... Th there's a... So wait, between 3... I went to bed at 3 a.m. and she was meowing at me the whole time I was going downstairs to my room. And she then showed up later at 5... Two hours later. Two hours later. There's a two-hour window that she somehow got outside. Okay. So wh how do we solve this puzzle box? Well, I don't think the object here is to solve it. I think we're just going to make theories. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, yes. I think that'll be a better use of our time is to just be like, maybe this is how she did it. Okay. Um, now, technically, we're making hypotheses? Absolutely. You're right. The obvious solution is that something was actually open. That That's the obvious solution. We're not here for obvious explanations. No. 
What's the most convoluted thing that you can come up with, Samuel? Listen. You see, a cat exists in two states. Being observed and not being observed. During <laughs> the time in which, uh, in which the cat got to somewhere else, the cat was not being observed. Right. And hence, did not exist. At that time. Until, once again, the cat was observed. Right. At that time, the cat was both in and outside of the house. Yes, in a state of quantum superposition. Right. It's so, common with cats. The thing is, is that <laughs> we, the cat was not observed, and then somebody made the decision to, dis to observe the outside, and therefore the cat manifested outside. Yes, that's correct. There was Absolutely. a hole in this. This particular cat is a cryptid. This uh, cat is a cryptid. That is fully true. Um, the problem is, is that the cat was not observed outside of the window. The cat was heard outside of the window, thus provoking a Hearing is observing with your ears, man. True. I mean, <laughs> but but then, like, the cat Get was not... Get your observation bias out of here. In order, like, the cat manifested without somebody first observing it. It just created, like, it, it would have manifested on its own. But the thing is, is, uh, you're treating, like, the, it's that was the initial observation that was observing the cat, was hearing the sound. Right. Not opening the window and seeing it, because we're using, you're using observe in the little, literal sense as seeing. I guess but so. I guess hearing so. the cat is what caused the cat to collapse the waveform and cease being <laughs> a uh, quantum superposition. Of course. I should have, I, I, okay. I, I'm, I'm checking my... Emmett, please try to stop... Please try not to make a fool of yourself yeah, on this yeah. podcast. Or, or the cat crawled out through the old dryer vent. We don't even have an no, old dryer vent. I don't think we have. Maybe, we just, maybe we just haven't found it. The thing is, we do have this fireplace right here. Oh, we have it blocked off so mm. the cat can't get in there. But, like, I mean, there's a little bit of space there. So perhaps Khaleesi did just... Arguably uh, more space at the top. Khaleesi could have pulled a reverse Santa. Yeah. Mm. Climbed all the way up there. I do sometimes consider Khaleesi the antithesis of Santa Claus. A real Krampus. Mm. Yeah. Khaleesi, Krampus, they start with the same letter. They're basically the same. Yeah. Just like Open Ham your eyes, and sheeple. Home Video. Open your eyes, sheeple. Um, so that that's another possibility. That yeah. she has come, that she, within two hours, had visited all the children of the world. Yeah. Uh, and put Give, the naughty ones in a bag for later consumption. Yes. Correct. And beaten them with a stick. Beaten them with a stick, perhaps yes. a switch. Yes. Mm. Um, Nintendo. <laughs> uh, and uh, then appeared outside the window a yeah. couple hours later um, because she forgot how she got in. Mm. Mm. Which somewhat like lines up the the strange part about the fact that it was only there was a two hour window mm. Mm -hmm. because even though you know she is using Krampus mm -hmm. magic and um, moving at relativistic speeds sure it's still a cons it's still a considerable distance and amount of time to drop off that many presents and mm -hmm. you know uh, bag up all those children. Yeah, d statistically the time typically given is approximately well it would be 24 hours because the night of Christmas mm -hmm. uh, when we envision the planet as a globe you would have 24 hours as the sun rotate. The That's a, uh, wait um, okay so 
not not I this think is we, Sam just blew this wide open. Okay, so Sad. sanity clause goes all around the world in one night. Except the definition of one night is different because we can assume that there are children who believe and have written letters or expressed wishes in some form to Santa Claus all across the globe uh, in varying mm. cultures. Yes, because Santa Claus is like monocultural. It's Santa no, Claus exists there across are all definitely cultures. children who don't believe in Santa Claus and hence don't receive presents. Do they even know that it's Christmas time at all? Exactly. <laughs> That's the real Christmas miracle. It is. So, but we can assume that there are children approximately across the globe who have, who do believe in Santa Claus in varying cultures through cultural osmosis. Mm. Um, so Santa has approximately 24 hours of Christmas nighttime, I think? Because... <laughs> Given the if you're wrong about zones, this, heads so are gonna roll. Okay. If you're wrong about this, no one's probably gonna do, care. Do all the time. <laughs> so yeah, no, all time zones at the Earth at a time. It's 24 hours, right? There are 24 hours in around the Earth at any given time. Sure. Ignoring you yeah, know time various zones. regional time zones. Sure. Variants. Yeah. Um. So. So, but here's the thing: is that that Christmas. Okay, so the Christmas night begins at one point on Earth, and right. then slowly spreads around the rest of the Earth in over the, the case, course of 24 hours. In the case, in our case, the starting point is our house. Yes. People have done this math already. You can look this what up. about the international dateline? Oh, the international dateline. Um, yeah. I think the math for this particular equation is Calice E equals MC squared. There you go. Wow. <laughs> cool. That Good job. I've, I've been sitting on it ever since I mean, he said the word relativity. That, that's, that's like a, that's like a, that's like the sort of joke you get on like, like a Butch Hartman Nickelodeon. Oh no. And it's like, oh, that. it says EM squared on the blackboard. Ha ha. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's how we know this character is smart. Cause I got Einstein here and they wrote E equals MC squared. Wow, they figured it out on their own. Yeah. Every cartoon, they figure it out on their own. Yeah. Absolutely revolutionary. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, what's what's your theory, Connor? Uh, I I mean I was gonna I was gonna give my theory, but I feel like we've already beaten no, this one to the ground. No, I want to hear it. So, um, Vancouver. All right. Yes. <laughs> End of sentence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a lot of weird stuff that happens around here. Yeah. I think that... Multiple weed stores in walking distance. Yeah. Of wherever you are. Yeah. I have no idea where I'm going with this. Um, Neither do we do. Right. <laughs> so, Vancouver. That's where I've decided to start this train of thought. Please do. Um, Vancouver is itself... Uh, its own dimension. Mm, yeah, I guess. And certain, certain, you know, if and if. Nope. <laughs> uh, this is common knowledge. I think everyone, everyone knows about this. Everyone um, has accepted this. Yeah. Yeah, it's assumed to be fact. <laughs> We're not challenging this. And uh, if if an individual creature, shall we say, um manages to become aware of of said fact right um and truly truly make it like 
bring that awareness into themselves, mm. uh, then you can uh, you can manipulate the the bubble dimension that is Vancouver. Mm. By understanding that the world around you is merely an illusion to be manipulated, exactly. you can, in turn, cause that illusion to become what you wish. Correct. So Khaleesi just found a glitch in the Matrix. Khaleesi realized the glitch in the oh, Matrix. I see. The that glitch that was already it. there. But now that you've told us about this glitch in the Matrix, are we not also just going to experience Well, I think you have real to time? really... That you depends don't just on how hear much. it. You have to take it in, and it has to be something you truly accept. Um, yeah. I don't know if I want to do that in the middle of a podcast. There, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> At your own pace. You can achieve oneness with Vancouver uh, whenever you wish. Wow. Vancouver, you have all the time in the certainly world. Went places. Vancouver will be waiting. Wow. Uh, anyway, so Khaleesi, um, I'm sure, I'm sure many weeks ago, uh, made this, made this, you know, revelation, um, of the nature of Vancouver, Mm. and, uh, decided that on occasion she would, um, you know, use it callously for her own and her own entertainment, right? Mm-hmm. Her own leisure. Because once you realize the illusion, you realize that the social structures put in place there are also once, illusions. Once you have mastered the rules of reality, then you are able to break them. Yes. Right. Khaleesi has realized that the fact that we keep her inside the house is abstract and arbitrary, and there is really yeah. no difference between inside the house and outside the house. Those are arbitrary distinctions. They are, in fact. Uh, mm. They're 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 a small scale representation mm-hmm. of the of the uh, conceptual the metaphysical um, boundaries of the Vancouver dimension. I'm picking um, up what you're putting down, Connor. I'm so glad for this. Wild. So that's my theory. Ugh. Is my phone charged? Oh yeah, Sam. You can give us your supervillain names. And... It's not charged much. Well, if it's charged, it has enough. charged probably enough. Okay. So. All right. So if any of these grab you, if any of these stir something deep within you, if any of these uh, compel you to cower, or uh, you know, uh, bow down in fear, please uh, tell me. All right. For sure. All right. Okay. The cad, trenchfoot, tallow catch, spectacle, eponymous, the Bismarck. Wait, the you torso. gotta slow down, man. Okay, give me. I have get, a lot of these give, to get through. Oh boy. If one of them catches your ear, you jump in. Okay. Alright. Alright. Blood clot. Blue sky. The snark. <laughs> Borogro. Did you just say the snark? The snark end. Please. That's not better. <laughs> what do you do? Attach yourself to the end of a guitar and tune it? <laughs> no, it's a reference to Alice in Wonderland, Emmett. It's the hunting of the snark. So, like. Actually, that's a poem. But yeah, it is a poem. Well, it's it's Lewis Carroll. It's not in Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, Sam. I thought but you were supposed to be some dancing It's, it's in going. the universe, though. Keep going. Anyway, uh, another one. Uh, Borogrove, uh, Doraku, Brown Bones, Conomer the Cursed, Chiroscuro, Speakeasy, Polecat Pete, Coastal <laughs> <laughs> Did you just say Polecat Pete? I did say oh, Polecat Pete. Sorry, what? If your supervillain name was Polecat Pete, what would your whole steez be? I would be like a sort of miner with like a skunk beard. Oh. Like oh, a single white stripe down the beard. 
Okay. And I'd be an old-timey prospector. I, I'm Polecat Pete. Give me all the gold and then they're back. Like that. Right. Okay. That would be Gotcha. Anyway, Fair Play, Labyrinth, <laughs> Falcon Dive, Muckety Muck, Dime Store, Dollar Store, Humbug Billy. Wait. You're just... Just... So, just your name would just be Dollar Store? Or Dime Store. <laughs> Those are both options what if, on the table. What if... Uh, what if they were Dollar Twenty Five Store? Yeah. What if Dime Store were your like sidekick? Exactly, you know. Okay. They go together. Um, Humbug Billy, uh, Sarbomba, Defenestrator, Happy Hands, Lapel de Vide, Abdurodon, the Mullen Skunk, Robert the Baron. Skunk. Yep. I think that's, that's a, a similar one to Paul Polkett. <laughs> that sounds like it. Fat Tuesday, the synapse, Basil the Great, formless. You can't just drop something like Fat Tuesday and carry on. It's uh, it's what Mardi Gras literally translates to. Right. Yeah. You're right. I forgot about that. That's true. That. It's when you the Tuesday when you eat pancakes before lunch. I think the politically correct term is Shrove Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. All right, Whirlybird, Dirge Singer, Pester John. It's like Prester John, but you're a pest. Nice. Uh, the Dapper Apparition, The Dentist, The Hygienist, The wow. Royal Albert, Tattered Demolio. The Royal Albert? <laughs> you can't just be a supervillain called The Royal Albert. Why not? That's cursed. It's <laughs> like, ah, it's The Royal Albert. I've come to rob your bank. The Royals are already supervillains. I've got a burlap sack with a dollar sign on it. I'm exactly. The Royal Albert. Yep. All right. Like, how Who's many gonna... holes does it take to fill the Albert Hall? Good question. <laughs> how many days? Anyway. Um, okay. He's, there was no still line in the song. All right. Okay. Tatter de Malion, Monsieur Settler, um, the Grave Maker, Feather Tom, Mister Malcolm Murder Death, Jack wow. Be Nimble, Late for Dinner, Captain Pirate, Moe Breaches. <laughs> late for, late Don't for call dinner. Me late. Call me late. Exactly. Dinner. That's why he's a villain. Wow. Call me late for dinner. <laughs> wow. He exists in that's antithesis. That's the superhero that, that, that is against uh, call me late for dinner. All wow. right. The Dubay, Old Horse, Breakneck, Hayride, 17th century humorist, <laughs> Old Hampshire, The Bad Choice Bear, Telekine, The Flume, Carney Con Carne, uh, The Jersey Delinquent, The wow. Coward King, Cardinal Richelieu, uh, Cardinal Richelieu is already a villain. <laughs> that exists already. That's like a, yeah. Yeah, but you get supervillains who go around calling themselves Blackbeard after the historical villain. So mm -hmm. I would call myself Cardinal Richelieu after the historical villain. True. Uh, okay. Wow. And I would, uh, yeah, I would fight presumably superheroes who called themselves the Three Musketeers. Anyway, right. uh, Ichabod William Kilman. What? <laughs> That's just a I will Kilman. Oh. Anyway, uh, Witch Man, four-time consecutive villain of the month, Vinegar Tom, Bugle Fingers, the Soda Jerk. Bugle Fingers? Do you, is that villain just like you get a, a bag of bugles and stick them on your fingers? Like, so they're claws. That's the yes. origin story. That's Bugle Fingers. All right. What happens when your bugles fall off of the fingers? Or break, because they're corn snacks. You, you have, have more. They're not expensive. This villain only You can get these at the dollar store. To, like, very specific vending machines. Yeah. Um, anyway. Fierlia. Uh, uh, Silverskin. The Brock Inspector. Morgmeister. Mutton Chops. The Prophet of Prophet. I do like Mutton Chops. I think Mutton Chops is the one, Sam. Uh, I'm going to keep going. <laughs> Antoine Default, Scaramouche, 
Cowcatcher. Olgoon. Picaresque. Wait, Fever if you, Dream. If you choose Scaramouche, will you do the Fandango? I will. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Abyssal Blue. Johnny Moniker. Sin O Matic. Le Metro de Verne. That's French for Hammer of Glass. Okay. Ha- Hackleberg the Huntsman. Autolycus. Mr. Pandemos. Rex Nemorensis. Charismatic Megafauna. Big Bush. Wait. <laughs> Hello, my name is Charismatic Megafauna. Yeah. What is what is that? And I am an addict. <laughs> so when when you're like uh, when you're like a nature photographer like National Geographic, sure. you might be into like beetles or whatever. Mm. But but the editor at National Geographic is like, I need pictures of Charismatic Megafauna. Mm. So that's animals that are large and impressive and photograph well to put on the cover of Natural Nat- National Geographic. I didn't know that J. Jonah Jameson had been promoted to National Geographic. Yeah, he doesn't want you to bring in pictures of spiders. Well, he wants charismatic megafauna. I'm glad he's moved on. Yeah, people, yeah. people can just took up daily people. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Ao. All right. There it is. All right. Odd fellow, big and tall, void heart, cheat skate, mizzen man, bunyip aristocrat, croakmitan. Wow. Funeral Mountain Terror Shot. How Mixed what? Company. <laughs> hmm? uh, how far through the list are we? <laughs> a good question. Um, uh, what was the one that caught your attention? Croak Matin or Funeral Mountain Terror Shot? That was the one. Uh, that's a uh, fearsome critter of a coffin-shaped creature that goes along the plains of Utah and then explodes. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's just a Mormon church. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Wow. <laughs> anyway, all right. Uh, mixed Company, Cola Creature, Feldergeist, Roggenwolf, Waterway, Dullahamster, Hogshead. Ah, no! hamster. <laughs> yeah. What? It's like a Dullahan who's a hamster. That's the worst. <laughs> anyway. Hey. Hogshead, Gadfly, Pitch Shifter, 66.6 FM. <laughs> Bittersweet, Yorick, Death's Head, Lordling, Medical Marvel, Autolycus again. Mm. Uh, Marote, The Vaude Villain. Wow, wow, that's good. Peter Gorton. No, it's that's bad. That's the beginning. I like that. Taddy Bogle. <laughs> Probably. Um, which one was it? Vaude villain. The Vaude villain is racist. He, he's a Va- He's from Vaude. He's in Vaudeville. It's Vaudeville. Yeah, it's just, you know what they do in Vaudeville, right? Not exclusively no, no. racist things. Well, there's a lot of blackface. Well, yeah. Those are minstrel. <laughs> that's a minstrel show. That's a specific genre of. That has proximity to It was, but not absolutely every element. Anyway, we're getting off topic. I'm gonna need subtitles for this. Uh, the Taddy Bogle, Feathered Tyrant, Hell Pig, Trolluol, Trollpike, Sobriquet, Wacky Water Safety Inspector, and Faux Pas. Alright, Wacky Water Safety Inspector. Yeah. I think you found it right at the end of the list now. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So that's my list of uh, possible supervillain names. All right. Now we. It seems like the the ones that really uh, that you said would work. At least Emmett said were uh, mutton chops and the wacky water safety inspector. The mutton chops is the one I think, Sam. Although, those are certainly some names. Yeah. I think even if even if you were to go with the the wet and wacky water inspector, yeah. the safety inspector. You would need you wet would wacky water inspector. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> Add that one to the list. Uh, don't. <laughs> I think you would still need mutton chops. Yeah, well, I'm not shaming look. them for any of these names. Oh, good. 
There are, I mean, there are a few names on there for which I think mutton chops might need an explanation, but... Mm-hmm. Well, no, I, I, I'm a crazy prospector who happens to have mutton chops, or I'm a, I'm a guy named Hell Pig who happens to have mutton chops, you know? And there, 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 there aren't any that are, like, smooth temples or anything okay, like so that. Okay, so all that, that, you, you would that say that all of these names are <laughs> compatible with mutton chops. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> What about the dollar store mutton chops with his sidekick, dime store goatee? Mm. Thanks for contributing. I feel like dime <laughs> store would just have. Dad. <laughs> I feel like dime store would just have like a well-groomed mustache. Mm. But uh, there are none of them that I think truly preclude them. Preclude a um, uh, uh, mutton chops. Fair enough. Wow. Wow, that was certainly a thing that we talked about for a very long time. <laughs> yeah, but would you, wouldn't you know it? It's uh, it's actually time. It's around the time for Gosh staying with you, sir. Yeah, uh, you're looking at me, so I guess I'll be the one. Well, I mean, out. I've got it up. Okay. So, uh, for this uh, for this episode, we're at the aesthetics wiki. Um, Note that this was provided by Emmett and uh, promised to be a uh, real, real great. Um, okay, so no. I found this, like, a solid eight months ago or something. Yeah. And I have no idea what this wiki is about anymore, it, or if it's actually good. So we're, I'm looking at the description. It's a comprehensive encyclopedia of online and offline aesthetics. We are a community dedicated to the identification, observation, and documentation of visual schema. Okay. Cool. So, what the game is going to be, um... Des- describe a house adhering to whatever random combination of two aesthetics. That's interesting, because right. I was thinking that it would be that we just have to adopt that aesthetic for our life. Oh, we can do you, that you can too. do that on your own time. Mm. Yeah, okay, so yes, they... Oh, wait, do they have a random button? They, they should. do. Yeah, it should, yeah. All right, uh, anyone want to go first? Um, I'm wait, where is sorry. random... It looks like I'm going first. Yeah. Alright, Nanopunk. Ooh. Heavily inspired by biopunk and cyberpunk, focuses on the impact of nanotechnology. Uh, the relationship between humans and nanotechnology and how nano and how the government could control humans with nanotechnology, but also corporations. I don't think it's specific to the government. But anyway, yeah, uh, nanopunk. Okay. Which Number is two. uh uh wait, give me a sec. Where did you find the random page? Robotics Kids. Okay. I don't think this is an actual... I'm going to go again. Okay. That's not an aesthetic. That's a... All right. So we had nanopunk. with an aesthetic. Let's go again. Coffee House. Okay. 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 So, like... So this is a very rainy day jazz kind of aesthetic. Except the rain outside is very tiny robots falling to the ground. Oh, okay. Those tiny robots build up a coffee machine whenever you want one. And give you some fresh, piping hot express Americana, whatever. Nice. And, you know, it's a normal coffee shop until a minute thing shifts. Because it's all just composed of tiny little robots. There's a little bit of neon, but in like... Not obtrusive an amount of neon, you know? But that the environment is constantly shifting because these nanobots keep rebuilding it to your every whim. Right, right. 
But it does have like some fairly comfortable chairs. Uh, Great. A disaffected young person behind the counter who is made of nanobots. I would, I would hope for nothing less. Yeah. So really, with it, it's really just a coffee house made of nanobots, and those nanobots are constantly rebuilding and remodeling this coffee house to suit the needs of its uh, inhabitants. I think that's literally just what life is going to be like in 20 years. Yeah. You think so? Yeah. Just little robots mm. building and destroying and constantly adjusting the world around us. Mm. That's, that's it, Sam. That's the yeah. one. All right, so, that, so that's my house aesthetic. All right. And uh, you want to go next, or? Sure, I, uh, I got the random page button right here. Okay. Um, okay. I got clean tour. That's basically already I, the way I try to interact in, in my home. True. Um, so, uh, other names Yeah, are, sweeping is clean core, man. Wow. Uh, other names are safety core or safety goth, which is... Safety wow. goth. That sounds... I do like that. I worship. That darkness. That's got but a, I always keep lights on to make sure I don't trip. It's got a charming irony to it. Clean core, also known as safety core or safety goth, refers to an aesthetic based around clean objects or objects intended to sanitize, such as soap, sponges, bathtubs, as well as places that seem to have been recently cleaned. It can be divided into two sub-aesthetics, each of which, which looks vastly different. High clean core deals with the adult world and products aimed at adults, uh, spe specifically washed-out soaps and sterile hotel rooms, whereas mm. low clean core deals with products aimed at children, such as bath toys and rubber ducks. I see. Um, okay. A, a continuation of many predecessors, clean core uh, cynically embraces capitalist imagery. Yet at the same time, taps into the anxiety-stricken audience, becoming a particularly popular aesthetic to try and achieve during the COVID-19 pandemic. Ah, uh, yeah, it's topical. Wow. Okay. Uh, so I need to combine <clears throat> that with another one. Yeah. I, I hope it's like, uh, it's crust punk. That would be amazing. <laughs> uh, I got Sacracore. What? This is cursed. Um... So it's an aesthetic based on sacrilege and blasphemy. Oh, <laughs> boy! Uh, the name being a uh, portmanteau of sacrilege and hardcore. Uh, right. Sacrocore is uh, partially an offshoot of trendercore and queercore, with it focusing on reclaiming the notion that LGBT identities are sinful, as well as borrowing aesthetics from Catholicism and combining them with queer aesthetics. So the main goal of sacrocore is for those negatively affected by Christian religions to find peace in their queer identities or otherwise morally acceptable interests, lifestyle, or choices um, that have been labeled as sinful or disallowed from pursuing. Sure. Okay, that's a little deeper than we were yeah, planning to get with that's, this. That's certainly the thing that... So I got clean core and sacrocore. Yeah, those are... There's not a lot of overlap. All I, think, right, I think that this whole aesthetic is about, like, just having, like... Like a home that's like a church that's so clean that no one's allowed to use it. <laughs> it's like this exists, but if you actually go in there. And so it's making a comment on the notion of purity and yeah. that, that this place is so pure we're not letting you into it. Yeah. Fascinating. So, so, so it becomes a sort of performance art piece. Exactly. Mm. That's, that's exactly that's kind it. Of fascinating. And so, like, you know, if, if you actually enter this place and. Uh, sully it with thine germs mm -hmm. you are simply committing a sinful act mm -hmm. and so this simply is simply by your presence yeah so uh, but by is... declaring presence sinful is a sacrilege in itself 
Yes, that's fascinating. This is actually sounds like a really interesting performing art piece. Yes. You know what? I This is not a comedy podcast. We come up with cool performance art pieces now. Welcome to Hit the Hay. Yeah. All right, so a man eating a bucket of fried chicken on the roof of a skyscraper, but he has a sign around his neck that says, uh, capitalism kills. Boom. Uh, wow. We did How about it. in the Quake Church? Oh, man. <laughs> All right. Oh, boy. We're starting off with Pastel Goth. Nice. Ooh, that's well done. Like. Well done. Also known as Creepy Cute and Kawaii Goth. <laughs> Uh, key motifs are body parts, gore, pastel colors, feminine wow. clothing and accessories. Great. Um, key values, individualism, femininity, cuteness, joy, and disturbing imagery. Great. Uh, not to be confused with Gurukawa or Nuga. Mm. Um, is a fashion and aesthetic that it originated on Tumblr in early 2010. That sounds like some Tumblr stuff. Uh, fashion entails taking the basic elements of dark goth style and mixing it with pastel colors. Uh, I feel like it's self-explanatory in that. Yeah. It's like just being a goth, but liking, like, you know. Yeah. You put it sort of pale, washed-out pink. Yeah. Yeah. In, in, with the it's like goth with Easter colors. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. So we've got that with, this just says white. I'm going to pick another one. Yeah, pick another one maybe. Perhaps not. <laughs> with, oh, rock. I'm the Rock really... and the, the roll? <laughs> or is this just literal this is of rocks? It just, no, it like... Referring to rock and roll, it is it is musical. Rock. But I, I think this is already. I think psychobilly is this kind is, of a pastel goth. Rock I feel and like roll. give it another give it another hit. Yeah, I'm gonna give it give one, it one more because because you, you kind of just accidentally recreated psychobilly there for a second. Peaky Blinders. Peaky Blinders. <laughs> the TV show. Yeah. I guess so. Here we are. The Peaky Blinders were an urban street gang based in Birmingham, England that operated from the end of the 19th century to the early 1900s. Uh, the group which grew out of the harsh economic deprivations of working class Britain was composed largely of young men of lower to middle classes uh, to derive social power from robbery, violence, racketeering, illegal bookmaking, and the control of gambling. Okay, visuals. Uh, note that much of the visualist aspect of this aesthetic has crossover with other criminal and English aesthetics. Mm. I should also be noted well, that Well, I think Peaky Blinders is like a, a flat cap and a jacket and yeah. suspenders. Like so a laser. Yeah. It should yeah. also be noted that these gangs kept bookies who very much fit the many academia aesthetics. So we were looking, we're looking at early 1900s urban streets, fine flat caps, uh, horse racing, imagery of safes full with money, metal-tipped bloody boots, uh, well-tailored suits, and shelves of countless books, all filled with gambling records. Mixed with pastel gods. Mixed with yeah. pastel no, I, can, I, can, I can imagine this individual, you know? That they are, um, uh, not, not a house that's still on you, but like that they've got their, like, uh, pr but the, they've got their washed out pink flat cap and tie <laughs> with a dark blazer and the flat over top cap, of it. The flat cap and has eyeliner. spikes on it. Yeah. Like, um, like, you know, like eyeliner that's like intentionally made to look like it's runny. Yeah. 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 So it's, 
Okay, I can so definitely you, imagine a person with this. I'm imagining, yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking, like... God, I wish that were me. If you were to imagine, like, a, like a, like a British bar, mm-hmm. um, but, like... I can certainly imagine one. But with a little bit more, um, like, metal elements to it. Mm. So, like, the floor is all black, and then the, the counters are made of metal, but it have been, like, designed in a way to look like, like, sort of the designs that you see, that you would see in, like, an old wood, like, bar counter. That but sounds made very of metal. difficult to conceptualize. Um, no, I get what you're saying. And, like, instead of browns and, uh, like, greens, um, instead of, like, being a Glenfiddich logo. Sure. It's, it's, like, bright, like, pastel, like, light pinks and, and green, and light, lighter greens and blues, um, stuff like that. That's yeah. interesting. So, we, we, we got just, like, a, you know, punk rock, pastel, Peaky Blinders bar. Yeah. A performance art, sanitary church yeah and an ever-shifting coffee house and a, yeah a coffee house made out of coffee nanobots house serviced by nanobots for nanobots coffee house designed by the, the guy from big heroes now if these if if these houses all fought which one would win um, I mean, well, mine's full of nanobots. <laughs> so, yeah. As much as I would like to think that my Peaky Blinders pastel goth house would put up a good fight, I don't think they can actually stand a chance against nanobots. Mm. Yeah, that's kind of recreate, kind of and... temporarily goes away from creating coffee shop things to creating, you know, flat out weapons. Yeah, and the and the performance art church I think would just be collateral damage. Yeah, yeah, it would be destroyed, and that would be the sacrilege. But by committing sacrilege, you would just it's be further it. fulfilling its purpose. Yeah, exactly. So it's all very poetic in the end. Mm-hmm. We did it. Hooray. All right, what about you, Keenan? <laughs> Keenan fell asleep. Thank you for your so. input. This, this is always a pleasure. Great. Well done. That's uh, that's the length of a podcast right yep. there. I think we did it. We and did let's, it. And let's get our special sign-off that we give every week from special guest star Michael J. <laughs> you kids get off my lawn. <laughs> that's our that's, sign off. That's, that's the one we do every time. Yeah. It's been a slice. It has uh, been a slice. And don't forget to we check us out on different podcasting platforms. Do it. Check out Emmett's channel. He makes Subscribe. good stuff. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Check out my channel. It doesn't exist, YouTube. but hey, <laughs> you might as well give it a shot. And yeah. Good old top lanky guy on YouTube. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever else. Google we're on. Plus. Yeah. yeah. Google Play. MySpace, mm. Napster, SoundCloud. I it, yeah yeah. Uh, I think it's time to hit the hay. It has now definitively been a slice. <laughs>